We are back with Jeffrey Polk. Let's get to it. All right, we are back with Jeffrey Polk, and uh, we're going to do some more talking and finding out about him and his career and his life and our past. And okay, I'll shut up on all that now. Okay. And our future. <laughs> and our future. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you've done a lot of shows over time. Yes. What are some of your favorite shows that you've done? Wow. Um, and there, for various reasons, too. Yeah, every show had its importance to me for some reason. Um, the Lion King was really wonderful. And I where did you perform that? At the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles, California. That's huge. I just want to say that. And um, <laughs> I, it, it, it was a wonderful experience. They actually auditioned for about a year. They had already started the Broadway production on Broadway about five years earlier. But when they brought it to LA, they wanted to make sure they had the right people for the right thing, for the right second, for the right everything for that. And so it was really wonderful to be part of that family and be part of that creation that they did there for the Pantages. Oh my gosh. And auditioning for a year. How can they audition for a year? Well, I mean, they would call you every three months or four months or something like that just to sing a song or read lines or... It took them that long to make the decisions? Yes, or? because they were looking at everybody around the world and people from everywhere matching people. and To perform <coughs> in the production in L.A. Yeah, so they may have brought someone in from another country. Oh, they did. They always have to have seven Africans. And Julie Tamer wanted to make sure there's at least seven Africans in any production of, of The Lion King. From Africa? From Africa. I didn't know that. Yes. That's beautiful, once again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So what role did you play? I played Bonsai, the hyena. Oh. The one that talked a lot. <laughs> that was easy. <clears throat> <laughs> well, <laughs> it was a very strange auditioning process because they kept handing all my friends going, here are three things you could audition for. I went, great. And Jeffrey, here's just Bonsai. I went, hmm. Well, if I mess this up, I guess I'm not going to be in the show. And I really want to be in the show. Can I do anything else? I could sing background. I could even push a broom. I don't care. Yeah. And I kept going, here's Bonsai. I went, oh, gosh. The worst one, I walked in there, tried to sing every song I could. They were like, going, calm down. They did? Yes. Please calm down. Here's Bonsai. I went, oh. So and why did they give you? They knew who I, they, they pretty much had me pegged from the very beginning for some reason. Oh. <laughs> Just I walked in the room, they are like going, that's him. We can't look anymore. <laughs> That's great in a, in certain respects, though, right? It was great, but let me know. Well, it was actually it was very. It was it was an honor. Mm -hmm. It was an honor. And then you know, naturally, the last auditions was with all the people in the room, like with Garth Vagan and, and Julie Taymor, and all the people were in the room the last day. And I was so nervous. You know, I'm like going, "Oh my gosh!" They were like going, "Do you want anything?" Because I had was doing another show in Vegas at the time. So I had to fly out there. I got out there like at nine o'clock. My appointment was at two or something. I knew I had to fly back to Vegas that night. Oh my god! And they're like, well, we'll see you whenever you can. But I was sitting in a room watching, it, it seemed like every star I've seen on TV go in that room to audition for these things. And I'm like going, okay, uh, yeah. And, um, so you were watching this parade of people go by. Yeah, listening to them sing. I was like, oh, this is really great. Now they're going, now it's your turn. I went, okay. 
They're like, don't look at Julie. I went, you know, Julie has her mind on. So I walked in the doors and I saw so many people that I knew. Mm. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Hi, hi. And all of a sudden this lady popped up and went, can I get you anything to eat? I'm so sorry that I imagine you wait. I'm going, I went, you're Julie Timor. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> so I was like. <laughs> and she was that nice? She was so sweet. And I got up there and I did all my lines. She was laughing. I went, okay. And I went, I just hope I get this, you know, and I did. How so. long did it take for them to contact you and let you know that you had it? Actually, not that long. Yeah? It was wonderful. They let me know. Um, I think that was at the end of like June or something like that. They let me know by in a few weeks after that because they wanted to start rehearsals like in September. Okay. I mean, whatever it was. It was very, very quick. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier. We were out of touch for a while, right? Yeah. And I went to see The Lion King not knowing that you were in it. Watched the whole show and then looked at the program afterwards and went, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I tried to find you after the show and I didn't find you, but we did get back in touch. Yes, yeah. yes. You should have called me. Left a note. I didn't have your number even uh, at the time. Yeah, just leave a note. Yeah. I think I did. Okay. I think I left a business card with somebody, but for some reason it just didn't. Okay. It didn't pan out. Yeah. Oh, somebody's going to be fired for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How long did that show run? It ran for three years. I was there for two of the years. Wow. And it was really nice to have a production contract at home, 15 minutes away from home. It was great, and I just loved it. Yeah. But the cast was incredible, the crew, the Pantages people, everything was so magical. I mean, the first day of rehearsal, I saw everybody come in, I went, I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> These people are kind of pretty, and I don't know, they're okay, uh-uh. I said, where am I going? Luckily, a friend grabbed me, who I, actually, who played Cindy, went, Jeffy, you're here, in the right spot. I went, ooh. <laughs> These people look, ooh, because all these dancers and everything, I was like, whoa. I said, yeah. is this the right place that we're rehearsing? <laughs> <laughs> and how long did you rehearse before opening night? We rehearsed for about a month and a half. Because that show, I remember it was huge, just everything about it. The music, the sets, yes. the performances, everything was just, it couldn't get any bigger than it was. You it, know? it was amazing. It, it was a thrill of my, and, and going back to Young Americans, the assistant conductor, Jim May, was my conductor. <laughs> One of the people, because they have percussionists, my friend Vanessa, who I did a tour with in 1977, was on percussion. I was like, and there were a few other people I'm like going, oh, I'm at home. How fun is that? It was so cool. It is a small community, yes. isn't it, in yes. theater? Yes. In, in musical theater. Yes. It's even smaller, I would imagine, right? Well, I think the world's pretty small. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and then in New York. Yes. Let's talk about your time. In New York. Mm-hmm. Um, five Guys Named Mo. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I, I did Five Guys Named Mo on Broadway. I was a swing, so I had to study at least, understudy three of the guys. So what is a swing? We a swing is somebody who's, who's ever out, you have to cover it that night or what, replace them. And there were three people you might have had to replace? And that I did at one point, yeah. So you had to know all, everything about everything they did in the show? Yes. Holy smoke, that's, 
how could you do that? <laughs> I don't know. When I got there, <laughs> I knew I, I, I was playing Little Mo, and I kept going, and the other guy was Big Mo that I played, and the other guy was Mill Mo. I went, well, I will probably never in my life do Big Mo because he's a high tenor, and at least no Mo's a tapper, and Little Mo's, you know, that's just me. So I was there for about a week, or even about, not even a full week, and Doug Eskew, the guy who was playing Big Mo on Broadway actually had to leave town for an emergency for a week that he had in his family. And they called me up that morning, said, can you come to the theater at 8 o'clock? You're on tonight as Big Mo. I went, well, that's not the part I've been studying. But you don't say that to folks. So I said, okay, um, sure. The yes and thing that I've learned. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> and I remember going, okay, this is all up to anything and everybody. So I studied all day long, and that night I was on. How'd it go? Should I ask? <laughs> I'm I, sure it was fabulous. I think it went well. I mean, I put it this way. I just kept telling guys, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm just trying to get you through the show where everybody could get paid. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's all I can say about that. So um, <laughs> I, I have a tendency of a very loud voice, but there's a one of the last notes in the show, he sings this really high, high tenor note, and I'm going, uh -huh. I'm going to sing this, uh -huh. and I hit it, it felt so good, uh -huh. and Marie Fauché was our sound designer back then, she said, I cut off even the mics in the band, and we still heard you. I mean, you... You just went for it. I, it, was, it was a high note. Yeah. I mean, like, if I practice a lot, I could, like, hit it and temper it and make it pretty and right. I did that the next few nights, but that night I was just happy that I did and got over with them. <laughs> you know what's cool too is this, the, as the audience, these are the things we don't know. We don't know that that's not a note you would sing. Right. You know, on a regular basis kind of thing. You know, we don't know that you're like striving for that note that night and stuff. And one quick other thing, Doug Eskew is like 6'5", probably 300 and something pounds, and he played Big Mo. Uh -huh. Beautiful tenor voice, great performer. So he got sick in the middle of the performance one day. To the point where he couldn't continue? And I had to go on the second half. That had to be odd for the audience, right? For a minute, till all of a sudden I had to say a line, well, well, you gotta listen to Big Mo. And the audience <laughs> just fell out laughing for a minute, I went, take your time. Nothing <laughs> 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 I can do about it now, the big guy's gone. <laughs> You got this kind of You like, got me. You got me. <laughs> the littlest guy saying, Big Mo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. The stories of theater, right? Live theater. There's nothing like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the energy. No two takes. <laughs> right. Right. You can't go back and pick up or redo. Once your or... zipper is down, your zipper was down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and you had mentioned yes and. Yes and. What is that? Yes and, just yes and. That was a young Americans thing that they taught us as kids, going, just go for it. You know, there's no right or wrong for anything, especially if you go for it. Mm. And it'll teach you to be braver in your life, and that's what's happened in my full career. I've been a yes and person. Right. Knock on wood and knock whatever, bless God, and, and hallelujah. But right. yeah, I, people go, um, as I've been lear I, I was told, find the job and learn how to do it later. Really? Yes. 
And you've done that a number of times. More times than I would like to mention, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, and you sang with the L.A. or Los Angeles, I should say, Philharmonic. Yes. What's the story behind that? Um, the story behind that, they were trying to do, um, get these Disney classics back into the opera houses around the world. The plays are just the music? The, the, well, if you realize, like Snow White has no dialogue. It doesn't? No. I saw it so long ago when I was so young, I don't right. really remember. Right, a lot remember. of their earlier stuff, like Cinderella, doesn't have a lot of dialogue, everything is music. And um, they called me up one day, want, wanted me to play Doc. <laughs> I went, okay. And luckily, this is after I did Lion King. They just went, you know, okay, you're perfect for Doc. And <laughs> it, was, it was a very beautiful moment. It was really great. Um, the young lady who played Snow White was um, the first Mary Poppins on Broadway who just finished it doing it on Broadway with this beautiful voice. And, and I was like, Okay, if not, I kept thinking, am I going to have to be in a suit or anything like that? They went, they rented the finest tuxedos for us. Oh, we nice. got treated like kings and queens and oh, it was so amazing. And the, and the orchestra, part of them, most of them played in the, in the pit in Lion King. So you knew them? I, well, I hit that high note, hi, ho, <laughs> and all of a sudden I didn't, I didn't hear the band come in and I just heard them all. <laughs> and went, oh my God! <laughs> it went, go, Jeffrey. He went, okay, okay. <laughs> and the conductor went, can we go on now? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. So I was like, look, I didn't do it. <laughs> they did it. They did it. <laughs> but it was very thrilling to, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so they did the whole uh, score. The whole thing. And um, we, during rehearsals, we get whistle while you work. <laughs> we went, oh God, we're in trouble. We're in trouble, but the day of the show, our first run through, there was seven professional whistlers back there. I've never sounded so pretty. <laughs> I never even thought about that. People get paid for whistling. Oh, these were, yes. Did they whistle all in unison at the same time? Yeah, sometimes it was split in harmonies, and yeah, it was the most beautiful thing I've heard. I, you know. With vibrato and you don't necessarily think about whistling as being something that's beautiful. You know? <laughs> no. Sometimes it can be annoying yeah. when people whistle. Yeah. You know. I'm a loud whistler, so yeah. <laughs> what, you did the finger thing? And yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. But I kept quiet. I don't know who's going to whistle. I can't whistle. <laughs> and that was part of your character to, to do that. Well, because that's what we had to do. We had to whistle while we worked. Yeah. So you just faked it. Yeah. Did you do just one performance or more than one? Just one performance. Oh, guys, too bad you couldn't have done that longer, huh? Well, then after that, they actually hired younger kids, <laughs> different people, to go all around the world in all these opera houses to do Snow White and Cinderella and different... Um, the classics. The classics, and realizing that they all kind of stem from opera because there's really not a lot of dialogue. Yeah, I never thought about that before. When I saw those movies as a kid at the drive-in movie theater, <laughs> you know, which is where we saw all of those. The one on Foothill? No. Yes. Yes. The Foothill Drive-In. <laughs> In Rialto. California. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, through a little tiny, cheap, really bad sounding speaker yeah. that hung on the car window. Yes. If you don't know what drive-ins are, okay, we're really, we're really dating ourselves now, aren't we? <laughs> well, I mean, they can, they can look it up. You know? Yeah, yeah, they were, well, I'll explain. You pulled in in your car and there was a big screen in a parking lot, there was a big screen and by each parking space there was a post with a speaker hanging on it and you would hang it on the inside of your window and watch through your windshield at the big screen and uh, listen to it on the crummy speaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad was almost deaf. He had fought World War II and uh, he had severe hearing loss so he would sit right next to the speaker and wow. then he could hear. Yeah, that's one of the reasons we went to the drive-in so he could sit right next to that speaker. Speaker where he could hear. Yeah. Right. You could turn them up as loud as you wanted too. And he did, trust yes. me. <laughs> he did do that. And let's talk about Las Vegas, Gladys Knight. Yes. I had the privilege and honor of working with Gladys Knight in Smoky Joe's Cafe. Um, and let's go, let's talk about that more too, Smokey Joe's. Okay. Um, I've always been a fan of hers and I've always just kind of like had this cra crazy crush on her but type of thing. But um, so after the Pips left, she was hiring some people to sing backup for her. And three of the people that I was in Young Americans with actually got the gig. Really? Yes. And so they were like the pips after the pips. And <laughs> so pips. a lot of times I would like go to all her shows for free and but sit in the back they go, do you want to go backstage? And I'll go, oh no. I, 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 I. <laughs> then all of a sudden, um, Troika was doing a tour of Gladys Knight doing Smokey Joe's and she went, I'm not doing it without Jeffrey. I went, okay. And they're like, well Gladys knows you really well. I went. Oh, I know she's eating my, my, my macaroni and cheese. I know she's <laughs> What? <laughs> because they would come to my house and stuff like that and get food and take it back to her going, yeah, we got this from Jeffrey. And so. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Some greens and stuff. Yeah, she liked my cooking. <laughs> but, but she never really met me, but she knew me through all my friends and ended up being one of the most beautiful, sweetest, oh, just, I, I, can, I can't talk enough how wonderful she is and what a gift she is to the earth. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh. So there was this time period where you got to spend time and be around her. A lot. A lot. Especially when we were doing the tour and stuff. We became very, very good friends. Yeah. And still good friends, I think, to this day. So the tour. Yes. You went. Where did you go? We went to New Orleans, um, Baltimore. No, Boston, New Orleans, Boston, um, Chicago, <laughs> and then back to Vegas. And that we stayed in Vegas for like six months, seven months. Oh my gosh, how fabulous. These are the things during the time period where we weren't in touch that I miss. So it's great to find out these things that you did in that, uh, in that uh, interim, I guess. We were at you the know. Caesars Palace. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yes. That's a thrill too. And if those walls could talk, right? They were tearing them down as we were singing. What? Because they're going to reconstruct it. We were the last uh, show there before they tore down that original thing. And it was very funny because we were finished the show, boom, and you hear the. Practically <laughs> that. Yes. <laughs> yes. The walls were being tearing down. <laughs> That's quite an honor, though, to be the last. 
Yes. The farewell kind of performance. Right. You know, at a place with with history that's just beautiful oh my history. Gosh, the beginning yeah. of Las Vegas. Yes. Was at Caesar's Palace and Flamingo and those old casinos. See, now I can say I played Caesar's. Ah, <laughs> ah, I like it. <laughs> and let's talk about Smokey Joe's now. Okay. Um, Smokey Joe's is a, they call it a jukebox musical. It was a review of Lieber and Stiller's musicals. And um, I actually did the first national tour, but before the first national tour, I went to Australia with it, um, but I was in Australia for about a year, performing it. When I came back, then I did the first national tour of it. And But the greatest thing that happened out of that is um, I got to know the two writers very well, and Mike Stoller and, and, and Jerry Lieber, God rest his soul, and Mike's wife, Corky Hill. And um, Mike and I and Corky are still very good close friends. We try to see each other at least every other month to go to dinner or something. Are they local? Are they here? Yeah, they live in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. They live in Beverly Hills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And you've done eight productions of Smokey Joe's Cafe? I performed in Australia, um, the national tour, Japan, and then did one in Europe in 1999. And then, and, and that was the one that we did with Gladys Knight. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you've directed it. I've directed it about eight times, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I saw it once <clears throat> when you did it at the El Portal Theater. Yes, in North in Hollywood. North Hollywood. Right. California. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I saw it there. It was such an entertaining, um, uplifting show. That's the one that Jerry Lieber, before he died, said, oh, that's the show that should have been on Broadway. That, what he did with it, I'm like, I don't know what I did with it. I was just knowing what I would like to see done with it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, how fun. Let's talk about, um, this is kind of deep. Okay. <laughs> but what did you view your strengths to be when you were, say, 16 years old, when you got in Young Americans, versus what you see your strengths to be now, as a seasoned performer, director, etc. I didn't know what my strengths are. Um, even at 16, I just, I know what I love to do. And I think my love for it was my strength. Mm. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm older, my love for it is still my strength. <laughs> I like that. Right. <laughs> Because I never do, I'm going to be on Broadway, I'm going to be a star, I'm going to do, I, I, you know, I'm short, bad, different, you know, just happy that they keep calling me. Yeah, yeah. Doing, doing what you love. Doing what I love. And, and knock on wood, I've gotten some major roles in some major theaters and got to do some major things around the world, so. Are yeah. there other highlights that I haven't asked you about? Um... I don't, well, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. There was a lot that happened between. Um, in that intro. Yes, time yes. period, yes. Um, I know, um, tour of Smokey Joe's, I toured with um, Jesus Christ Superstar oh. with Carl Anderson. Nice. Yeah, and it was Sebastian Bach who did it first. 
the rock yes the singer yes <laughs> oh my gosh and it was the first national tour off of broadway and um that was the third time i understudied carl <laughs> never went on because i told him if you leave i kill you and uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so god rest his soul but yeah. uh, he actually um went through our tour he was so wonderful he was like a brother he was such an idol to me but he was also a friend who would call me up every other month or you know all the time see what i'm doing and how i'm doing he's wonderful oh that's nice yeah yeah oh that's great that's great and what do you plan on doing moving forward or are you just going to go with the flow you know so far that's worked right <laughs> but you know life is a little scary so i'm just going to keep saying yes and go forward i i'm i'm now am starting to start a teaching voice mm -hmm. and coaching acting and things that i used to do things that i want to see other people do that's what i'm hopefully by the next year have enough students that'll make everybody happy and and keep that all that going and yeah right kind of giving back in a way too yeah i always gave because i always worked with kids i love yeah. i always taught dance i was always around kids i kind of always admired what they do that's why i like going on these um workshops all over the world because mm -hmm. just to see some kid do something that they're so proud of you know yeah yeah, yeah. And to see them shine and right yeah yeah you know and i never knew when we did those shows back in junior high school those musicals i never knew that you would turn it into a career neither did i <laughs> but that was what sparked it <clears throat> yeah it was way back when with a bunch of 13-year-olds running. <laughs> running around. It was pretty nutty with a bunch of 13-year-olds. But um, we did really great stuff, though. We did great shows. Yeah. I actually have those. I've got to find uh, my parents. Used to sit in the audience with a little Craig cassette tape recorder and a little mic, and they would record those shows. Wow. And I need to find those tapes. I still have them. I haven't gotten rid of anything. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I've got not video obviously but recordings audio recordings of the shows well i'm glad you know they didn't have youtube and all that stuff back yeah, then yeah yeah <clears throat> no yeah so uh that was what my parents did and every now and then when i've listened to a few of them it's been a long time since i've listened to any of them but you hear my parents comments really like i really like that kid you know or, <laughs> you know <laughs> which is really entertaining but it was fun because you know Richard Nickel, our, our director, uh -huh. wanted us to always have the best of the best while learning what we were doing. Yes. And that also encouraged, I think, all of us to do better in our lives, mm -hmm. you know. And he instilled a lot of confidence, I yeah. think, in us. Yes. Yeah, way yeah. back when. Yeah. He believed in us, so we believed in us. Right. Yeah, which you know, yeah. Because I was the only kid who could sing that deep in Oklahoma to do Judd. Yeah, at that age, <laughs> right? I'm sure you I were. thought I was in trouble. He kept saying, you want to do Oklahoma? I went, I don't want to go to Oklahoma. <laughs> and he went, no, the musical. And I went, now what am I going to do in Oklahoma? Right. And he, and he did the scale and went, oh, you want me to sing that low part, whatever that is. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> and you did. And I did. Right. And then I grew up and had to learn how to sing tenor. Because <laughs> he always because he wants a little guy to sing high. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, will you sing for us? I would love to. And share your talent with us. We would love to hear you sing. 
Okay. All right. Yes. We will do that next. Check back.